Okay, so uh, I'm doing the desk today and uh, I've just realised uh, a major thing that I've, I've managed to screw up already. <laughs> the fact that uh, I didn't play our theme music. So oh, that's all right. I think I was distracting you by talking to you no, um, no, no, while, no. while you are trying to get ready. So that's probably what happened. No, but. it wasn't. Don't blame yourself. Um, it's all <laughs> This is all down to me. So, so we're going to be doing um, the show a little bit different because um, usually we would do uh, the intro and then we'd get, come on and say hello and everything like that. Uh, but Instead, we're going to uh, do the intro now, hopefully. (laughs) You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? There we go. We got there eventually. <laughs> All the uh, the logistical kind of housekeeping out the way, the the sponsor and the intro and. Yeah, now it's all us, um, which which is great. Exactly. So, well, I, there is like you know you go to an event and they, they do that housekeeping thing. It's yeah. like you need to go to the toilet. It's over there and the bar's <laughs> over there. Uh, so the toilet's here, but I think your toilet at home is probably you know, much more convenient for you. So probably. Don't come in the studio and use our toilet. No, because no. it might. Yeah, you might be a while while out. So yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. You, you wouldn't <laughs> want to be cut short, really. No, it'd be, be terrible. Be terrible. <laughs> Well, I'm Cecilia, by the way, um, if, if no one knew that, because apparently uh, Rachel and I sound similar uh, sometimes. I um, don't. I just don't hear it. I, that's good. Yeah, that's I don't, good. I don't hear it. I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad you, yeah. And, I, and I'm Lewis. So uh, this show, it, this just shows you just how off the rails things can go when you just change one little thing. So because usually, just for a bit of uh, behind the curtains for people at home, uh, usually it's either Cecilia or Rachel who do the desk. Mm. Um, and it has been like that for many years. And usually I uh, sit over there and I just, you know, uh, throw in comments wherever they're required. Uh, and uh, today uh, I was just like, well, I, I think I, I better do the desk because I've got to, got to keep my hand in because I, otherwise I kind of forget the, the, the process of doing it. Lose um, the skills. Yeah. And, and also for comedy effect, I, I do things like, you know, not play the, the, the theme music because that was completely uh, <laughs> intentional, completely intentional. Love it. We are unscripted, you know. So, I mean, that's it's all in the title really, unscripted. We don't, we don't script here. We don't have a script. So uh, we just do, do what we want, really. No, it's very, it's very, we fly by the seat of our pants. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, uh, are you finding that things are, as far as films go, like I'm not saying the whole world or anything like that, but as far as films go, do you feel it's getting a bit more normal now that a few more films are actually coming out? Yeah, definitely. I feel like uh, there's at least a steady stream and uh, as far as media previews go, we've certainly been to a lot more in the last month than we have been in, in the past year. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And there's there's more coming out. Every yeah. time I check my email, there's a little invite there. Yeah. So it's nice. It's not quite, quite there yet, but... Uh, uh, there, there's a nice stream of films uh, coming out. I, I must admit, it's, it's making me feel better. Yeah, like I was. I mean, it sounds it sounds so trivial that uh, you know films are such a big part of my life, but just you know having them there and and, and going and you know watching the films, it's it's just it's my happy place. 
It is. It's great. There's nothing like seeing something on the big screen and just uh, then being able to talk about it after. It just mm. does not – you're right. It doesn't feel the same, uh, you know, just watching it on the small screen. And, and there's a lot of films uh, as well where there's like – you know, it makes you think about things that you don't really, you wouldn't spend time thinking about uh, in your normal day. Like um, I went and saw this film at the Somerville on fr- Friday night, on, on uh, Good Friday, uh, and it was called The Mole Agent. Now, uh, I'm going to talk about this film, but the thing is, um, it's, I don't know if it's being released anywhere or where you'd be able to actually see it. Ah, the mole agent. Yeah. This does sound fascinating, by the way. I think, I feel like this may have played at the Perth Festival. Uh, so some people may have uh, already seen Oh, that's maybe how you seen it, didn't you? Because that was at the Somerville part of the Perth Festival. Yes, yes, <gasps> yeah, yeah. so that's how you seen it. Mm. So, oh, yeah, I wonder if it's going to get a wider release. I'm sure people will be able to find it uh, somehow. Yes, uh, if it's if it's had some form of a, a screening, but it's a uh, the the, the mole agent is the story of an eighty three year old man who poses as a resident in a Chilean nursing home to see if he can find signs of abuse. Mm. But it's kind of it's a weird uh, film because um, you know it, it seems like a film, like it seems like the uh, definitely there's people acting in the film, but then you've got all these old people that this 83-year-old is interacting with and they seem to be just being themselves and, uh, like, I'm not sure if they're, if they're the world's best actors um, <laughs> or if they are just filming them being themselves and reacting to, to what they're saying. And, right. and I'm just, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I just, I'd, I'd like to know more about the backstory of this film and how it came about. Subtitled, um, is it? This it, is, film? it is subtitled, yeah. And I'm intrigued. Did you pick this film just because it sounded interesting or was it convenient for you, a time, place, or did no, you go, I no. want to see The Lol Agent? <laughs> well, funnily enough, uh, my mate Lee, uh, he he listens to the show. He, he went back and listens to all the available um, unscripted shows and he's also listened to Tangent City as well and now he's listening to, to um, Disney. Fantastic. I think, I think he might be our biggest fan. <laughs> I, I hope that all listeners right now will go back and do the same. Yes, well, everyone should go do the same. But uh, Lee said uh, that uh, um, him and his wife Tracy were going to go and see The Mole Agent on uh, Good Friday and uh, said, do you want to come to that? Well, yeah, that sounds, sounds interesting. And But that's, that's the thing is like doing what we do we generally get invited to go and see mm-hmm. these films and these films might not be necessarily something that we are interested in and then you go and see and go wow that was really just quite an interesting story but the thing is with the the mole agent and getting back to the uh the thing about why uh it makes you think about things that you don't usually think about so you've got an 83 year old guy he's going to this n- nursing home where there's these people saying there, and the, the the story is that the um, the daughter of one of the residents is paying him to go there to make sure that she's not being like abused or having her stuff stolen or anything like that. Oh. But that person never goes and sees her her mum, and a lot of these people they never see their their relatives. So it's kind of like one of these things about people when they uh, put their elderly parents uh, or grandparents into care and then they don't, you know, go and see them. They just expect somebody else to look after them. Uh, and so it's just one of those things that people, you know, got to remind yourself, like, you know, uh, that you've got parents and you've got grandparents that you should be, you know, they've done a lot for you over your course of your life. Uh, and as long as they're good people, because there are some parents and grandparents that are terrible people but if they're, if they're good people then you know you should be paying back and, and and making sure that you're you know staying up up with you know 
saying um, going and seeing them and, and mm-hmm. doing the right thing by them. Uh, that's why I've always always said it. But I did work in an old folks home uh, when I was in my twenties, and, and it's very true. Like you, you just uh, had people and. They just didn't see their relatives come and see them, which is very sad. Oh, yeah, that is sad. But the mall has got funny bits in it as well. It's uh, but it's just I'm still just going. Was it was it real? Was it fake? Is it? Yeah, it's very very it, hard. It's interesting because I've just jumped on to have a look at Rotten Tomatoes, and it, it's actually dubbed as a, a drama slash documentary. So yeah, but that doesn't quite answer the question, does it? Really? No, because it's it's both. So I don't know. Maybe some kind of I want to say maybe mockumentary, but you you can usually pick a mockumentary. Yeah. Uh, but it does hold a pretty good rating uh, at, at 95% uh, and then the audience score at 90%. So uh, it does seem like a it's getting good reviews. It's it's very watchable film. It's a it's a very you know entertaining film. Mm. But it's just yeah, it just uh, made me question the, the 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 whole thing just like is it is it real is it fake is it a documentary is it a mockumentary is it yeah interesting because there's not a lot of cast and crew um attributed to the film either so maybe maybe there's some truth in oh, okay there. so in in a trivia in um uh in IMDb, it says the documentary nature of this hybrid is very much in question. The filmmakers acknowledged that the, at the Sundance Film Festival that the lead protagonist was cast by them and the scenes were invented. Ah, there you go. So those, those, those uh, uh, old people, very good actors apparently. <laughs> well, they've lived a lot, so, you know, they've, they've been able to, uh, yeah, practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, if you can get to see the the mole agent at some point then uh i would i would highly recommend checking that one out brilliant mm. sounds like a great film uh and I, I will give um i'll give that film um four random photographs four random photographs because yeah. at one point in time they try to teach this uh old guy how to take photos with the, the iphone ah and he's like it. oh it's not uh, it's not working here and the guy's like going there's all the photos you've taken there's a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, love it. And and luckily we've got a few other films to talk about tonight, which is great too. So uh, you and I both seen a film called Voyages, mm-hmm. uh, which is out today. And then I seen a documentary called The Collective, which is also out today. So um, a couple of things to talk about. I don't know if there's anything else on the agenda. That, that was it, I think. Um, but well, shall we jump into some news maybe? Yeah, okay. See what's uh, circulating mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I, I did come across uh, an interesting article about Anthony uh, Ramos, who, uh, of course, if you know Hamilton, he was he starred in that. And we also seen a trailer for a film last night yeah. uh, starring Anthony Ramos called uh, In the Heights, a musical which is uh, about... Uh, it's set over the course of three days and involves characters in a largely uh, Dominican neighbourhood of Washington Heights mm. in New York. So we got a bit of a taste for that last night and uh, I think it's uh, lyrics by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and the book is based um, or it's based on a book. So, But apparently Anthony Ramos has or is in talks to star in Transformers 7 as well. <laughs> so, yes, I know there's going to be uh. another one. But... Hey, look! It looks like his career is uh, really taking off there, which is great. He was the one that played uh, the son 
Philip, I think. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I think he, he had, played Philip. He had two two roles in there, but uh, yes, that, that's right, two roles. Mm, yeah, but it was so when that that trailer started, it was so you went, oh, okay, Lin Manuel Miranda's done yeah. this one. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That's yeah, good. so, uh, but yeah, interesting. I mean, I think uh, you know, fans of Hamilton will probably uh, enjoy seeing that one. It seems like there's lots of music and and uh, you know, interesting lyrics. As we know from Hamilton, he's got the the rap stuff. Uh, quite, quite there. So yeah, it should be interesting to see. I'm because I've often wondered. Like we've got the uh, the stage play version of Hamilton that we've mm. um, you can see now on Disney Plus. Uh, but there's like I'm wondering if they'll ever do a like a live action version of it. Yeah, do you think they would? Because I would like to see one. They they, they could do because I mean this the the, the um, movie you just mentioned there. What was it called again? Uh, it is called uh, In the Heights. In the Heights. That that one there, it's like kind of you know prototype for doing a Hamilton live mm. uh, live action because I mean obviously it's his kind of music and uh, a musical he's done. Yes. So maybe this is like okay, I'll do this first, and then like yeah, we'll we'll do a big Hamilton production as a movie. Yeah, oh, I think it could work, and mm. I think you know considering its popularity, it, it certainly is probably on the cards at some point. Yeah. So who knows? And of course, we'll get the uh, the stage play here in Australia. I think later this year or next I think, year. I think it's actually already uh, going in Sydney at the moment. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. So uh, hopefully it makes its way to uh, Perth because I think it'd be great to see uh, live. Yeah, that's good. kind of it's kind of funny the uh, the, the way that uh, live theatre goes in Australia compared to uh, like. Uh, London and and New York, because you know in uh, Broadway or in um, uh, the West End, you know a, a play a musical will open and it'll just play there for years and years mm. and years and years and years. Whereas because we got such a small population here in Australia, usually a play will open in Sydney or Melbourne, and then it, it, whichever one it didn't open in, it'll go after it's finished its run in one of those cities, it'll go to the other one, and then it'll start touring to like Brisbane and probably South Australia and uh, and then over to WA, um, but. But, uh, yeah, it's just interesting the way, different ways that, uh, you know, theatre is done. So Very bizarre. But, yeah, it must be the popula- population thing, I think. Mm. Yeah, just because you've got masses of people probably visiting kind of not that people don't visit here, but, you know, I think it's such a London or New York thing, mm. isn't it? So, um, yeah, no, it, it's good. So, yeah, interesting to see if he'll be selected for the role of uh, Transformers 7. And it'll be interesting to see what the premise to that film Will be. Well, because the last Transformers movie was the Bumblebee one, which was actually quite good. Mm. So hopefully uh, the next one, maybe that's what they need to do is like focus in on a robot and, uh, you know, do do that sort of thing. Cause, like, do before, an origin story for each of them. Maybe. Because, mm. I mean, before it was a bit like I can't even differentiate between all the ones that came before that. Um, but all the, the the Transformers when I was a kid was some really good stuff in there because mm. um, the original Transformers cartoon was great and then they had that movie uh, where, where I think Optimus Prime died in that one. Um, but uh, then they had this show called Beast Wars where it was these Transformers but they wouldn't transform into um, uh, transform into cars or anything like that. They transformed into different animals. Ah. Like uh, Optimus Prime was a gorilla and stuff like that. It was really cool. So, I mean, there's a, a deep well of stuff uh in transformers that they could uh they could dig up and actually put onto our screen so yeah i just i just hope that uh you know i think the uh that bumblebee might be one of the first ones that went away from michael bay as well yes so so yeah i think if they keep it away from him and get somebody else to actually direct it uh, it could be quite good 
Yeah, like you say, there's lots to dig in there. And, um, yeah, they seem to stick to a very traditional script for, for Transformers mm. apart from that last film. So hopefully they do kind of tailor off and do something a little bit different. So, yeah, very interesting. But I, I also found out that Paul Ritter uh, passed away age 54. Now, he's not overly well-known, but uh, he was a favourite in the TV show Friday Night Dinner. Uh, he starred as Martin Goodman. He also had a pretty successful stage career as well, but quite often you look at him and you, you kind of know who he is straight away. So if you see his face, yeah. you'll, you'll definitely know him. Uh, he was, uh, uh, I think he appeared in Harry Potter and the Half-Blooded Prince, uh, Nowhere Boy, uh, Quantum of Solace. So he's had small roles throughout his career. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Friday Night Dinner was such a fun series. It starred Tamsin Gregg, mm. uh, Simon Bird was in it as well, uh, an English show that, uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed. So, yeah, it's quite sad. Our 54 is such a young age. So I don't know how he passed, but, uh, yeah, so had to see another one good uh, another good one go unfortunately so uh that's all the news i really had oh apart from uh, Stephen yen's career is also taking off uh, he was in the walking dead but also uh was just recently awarded for his uh, performance in Minari as the father. Uh, and apparently he is now going to star in Jordan Peele's next film, uh, which we don't know about yet. Uh, don't know the details, but Jordan Peele, uh, of course, did the film Get Out. Uh, he did, uh, yeah, he's a horror writer. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what that film's all about and what Stephen Yen's role will be it's it's yeah it's funny that like uh your actors can be acting for quite a quite a while mm. and it's just like one little role will just push them over the edge i mean yeah. i mean immediately he was as I said the walking dead and was quite famous through that but uh yeah it's i i, I think it was um probably this most recent film where we went oh this guy's actually a really good actor yeah we should hire him for stuff yeah that <laughs> is an interesting point we see it all the time don't mm. we just you know that breakout performance and then all of a sudden they're in you know everything so mm. uh, it's good though i guess um Hard work pays off. Yes, so, very, very true. Very there true. There you go. Now, now have you um, uh, you haven't watched One Division yet on Disney? Have you? I haven't, but I do want to mm. because it does obviously appeal to me a little bit. In that, it uh, what do they do? Uh, each episode is a each episode is based on a sitcom from a different generation. I like that idea, mm. so I do want to get involved and, yeah. and get around it. It's a it's a really interesting story, and it's very repeatable. You can watch it repeatedly because mm. um, Kat and I have watched each episode twice, oh, at least twice, cool. sometimes three times. Uh, and then our mate Eugene's coming over and we're re-watching it with him. And so it's been good to, to just you know, re-watch it. You just <laughs> really just keep on watching it over and over again. But the uh, other thing is that the, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier is out now on, on Disney Plus as well. <laughs> and this is an interesting one because it's more like the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we're used to. Although more grounded they, they get uh, deeper into character because in the uh the marvel cinematic universe your um your movies are about like two and a half maybe three hours long mm -hmm. whereas with this it's going to be six episodes and each episode is around about 45 to 50 minutes so you get a bit more time to to play with the characters and, and delve into their backstory but it's been it's been really great with three episodes in so far and there's three more to go um and they've reintroduced daniel brawl's character of uh, baron zemo into the into the franchise um he was in civil war uh and then they've, they've brought him back but his character in civil war was very far 
are from the character of the comics. Right. But they've kind of changed the character to more the comic-like character in this um, TV show. So it's really interesting to see how, how things are evolving and uh, how they're developing the, the, these two uh, characters. And also the um, the Falcon and Winter Soldiers got interesting um, storyline running through it in regards to the... Um, uh, you know the institutionalized uh, racism in America, um, because you know even though Sam Wilson is a superhero, uh, and he's a, he's a black superhero. Like when he hasn't got the suit on, all people still see is a, a black man, and so you you get to um, experience what his life is like. Um, you know outside of the suit as well, and uh, which is important. I think mm-hmm. uh, that those, those stories get told just so that uh, you know people realize that you know there is a. A difference between you know uh, being a, a white person in America and being a, a black person in America or a Hispanic person. Like there is that uh, that that institutionalized racism that they've got mm. there that really needs to get sorted out. So it's good that they're they're bringing up with this um, in, in this story, and they're also introducing a, a character called Isaiah Bradley, who is the first Captain America, um, because before they had Steve Rogers, they obviously wanted to have guinea pigs that they could test the super soldier serum on and so they used a lot of uh, um, black uh, soldiers. Ah, and uh, and so yeah, so that's another you know interesting story. It's from it's actually from Marvel Comics. They did a, a comic uh, of it years ago, and it's just interesting to see these things where it was only like a five issue limited series, and they just like went, yeah, that was a good idea, and we're going to pull that back, and we're going to stick that into this TV show. That's really cool. Do you think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to uh, do more kind of TV show based? Uh, things because it seems to be more time they can fit more in, mm. can't they? I think it just depends on like what the story needs. Yeah, uh, obviously they're still going to want to do th- cinematic uh, movies mm-hmm. and and put it on the cinema and have people go there and pe- pay their money. But then they also need to have material for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So it's just the, the kind of the best of both worlds for the Marvel fans, really. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it's a great time to be a Marvel fan, really, isn't it? So much content out there, and you know, maybe for someone like myself, I just need to start get on the bandwagon and at least there's plenty of content for me to uh, go back and watch oh exactly so yeah. maybe i need to get involved so i don't feel so left out very true very true if you need any help just uh, uh give us a call <laughs> where do i start i can i can fill, fill you in on uh on on where you need to go so. i don't even know where to begin so <laughs> there you go <laughs> but yeah there you go so no i think um i'll definitely get involved and watch one division and uh maybe that's where i start Yes, you can start with with one division, and uh, and then you can, yeah, go go back from there. Excellent, <laughs> sounds fantastic. Putting my headphones back on so I can hear myself. Getting all prepped. Yeah. Getting all prepped. So, um, yeah. So we were talking off air. I never actually got the chance to talk about uh, Godzilla versus Kong because that was a a week I was away. That's it. Uh, and yeah, we selfishly didn't let you talk about it last week. Sorry. Yeah, you just you just <laughs> went no no you can't talk about it. no we did we actually forgot so. Uh, that that was what happened there, um, but yeah, no Godzilla versus Kong. Like I'm, uh, like put it out there on Front Street. I'm a big fan of Kong. Mm. I've, I've um, one of the f- one of the first films I remember watching as a kid was King Kong Lives. Um, it was on on TV, and that was the one. You know, at the end of the original King Kong film, he kind of falls off the Empire State Building and dies. Yes. Yep. Well, he didn't die. And they, I think they gave him like a heart transplant or something like God knows where you found a big enough heart. They think it must have been mechanical possibly. Um, 
But yeah, it's really crappy movie, but it's got a, a, a soft spot in my heart. Oh, um, love it! But uh, yeah, so from there, I've I've um, you know uh, watched all the other King Kong films. Uh, I've uh, ridden the King Kong ride at Universal Studios in Orlando. Um, it's Kong uh, Kong Skull Island, I think it is, mm. or something. I can't remember what exactly the name of the ride is. Uh, and I uh, travelled to Melbourne to see the King Kong musical. That's right. Yeah. You seem to favour Kong. How do you feel about Godzilla? Well, I like I like Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, I like Just Godzilla. Like prefer Kong, but I love Kong. So <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. But having having the you know um, Godzilla versus Kong is just is awesome. Just really, uh, you know, it was very exciting and. Um, I just love the fact that they they made Kong grow so much mm. between uh, the Kong Skull Island movie to Godzilla. They had to like make him, you know, the size of a skyscraper. Like, as you, you think before, like old Kong was climbing up a skyscraper. Yeah, this guy's the size of a skyscraper. Yeah, so weird. It's it's very very different. But um, I mean, who doesn't want to see two epic creatures? Battling it out. That's it, you know. It's it's just uh, it's just ludicrous, and uh, the the okay, like nothing in the film makes makes sense. Like <laughs> it is a a giant atomic lizard coming out of the water, uh, taking on a a giant ape uh, who lives on an island that still has dinosaurs, uh, and then. The, this film throws another thing with a hollow earth theory that uh, if you bore down deep enough into the earth, then there's actually a uh, like uh, an island or something like that that is uh, got an energy source that is keeping it going, and so it's got like wildlife and flora and fauna and everything like that, and huge creatures mm. and um, yeah, and then uh, apparently you can like you know. Just blast a hole from Hong Kong through there, and um, and uh, it's all good. But uh, yeah, it's it's just a, it's a fantastical film. It is like you know the epitome of you know just absolute fantasy, uh, just balls to the wall. And I loved every second of it. But and the thing that usually um, lets these films down is the human people. Mm. In, in the movie. Those damn humans. Darn humans. But in this film you had uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall. Um, uh, you had, uh, you know, quite a, quite a good cast of humans. Uh, Julian Dennison, you know, the guy, the guy from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. And I just call him the funny New Zealand kid. The New Zealand guy, Most people yes. know. People, people know who I'm talking about at that yeah. point. <laughs> Uh, there's, a, there's a new girl, uh, Kaylee Hottie, uh, in this film as well, and she's like uh, kind of the, the monkey whisperer. Ah, yeah. yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's really good. Ronnie Cheng's in there apparently. Mm. Did not know that. Hi, Ronnie Cheng. Oh, yeah, I think I remember who yeah. he played. Yep. Um, so, yeah, but I just thought it was a, a like an amazing film and they've been building up for it for a while because they had, I think it was Godzilla and then they had uh, 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 Kong Skull Island, Godzilla mm. King of Monsters and then, you know, then they just go, right, here's the big one, you know, Godzilla versus Kong. So I, I was ecstatic and also because like I haven't had a chance to see any big uh, spectacle blockbuster films on the big screen in a while and so I went, okay, cool, uh, biggest screen I can find, I'm going to go <laughs> check out the IMAX at uh, Carousel but there was no screenings on IMAX at Carousel. In fact, I can't see any screens of any films in IMAX at Carousel so I'm wondering if they still have an IMAX there or not. Ah, yeah, hmm. Mm. So which would be sad because uh, it, it was good uh, to have an IMAX in WA somewhere. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, but I went on the VMAX at uh, event cinemas in Lou and uh, and that was that was very good. Although we saw the film last night on the Titan uh, screen at Reading Belmont and that's a pretty good screen as well. That is huge. Mm. That screen, every time I walk in there, I forget. I'm like, oh, that is a big screen. Mm. I always forget how big it is compared to our normal screens. But it is the way to see a film. Oh, definitely. Really. Yes. Really. Yeah. yeah. And, and the sound in that Titan uh, one is very good as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, but no, uh, yeah, Kong versus Godzilla, I was just happy with everything about it. Uh, there is like uh, maybe there's more than uh, just them as combatants. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was pretty pretty stoked with that. But I, I, I just don't want to say it because in, in case people haven't gone out and seen it yet, you know, holding back for some reason. Um, I personally think it was also the best uh, King Kong they've ever done. Oh, cool. They've... Given him because usually, like, he's a very soulful kind mm-hmm. of creature, and you can see, like, you know, sometimes you can see his thoughts in his eyes and that sort of thing. But in this film, they give him a voice, mm. not literally, but they, 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 you know, give him a way Find to communicate. Way. Yeah. yeah, I actually thought that was quite a cool little, um, yeah, cool bit to add in into yeah. this film. I liked that, yeah. Because he's, he's clearly an intelligent creature, yeah. so it's about time that they, they're able to to communicate with him and uh, not just have him be this like furry rage monster. Um, but yeah, I'm I, I'm very very happy with uh, with Godzilla versus Kong, uh, and I am going to give it this one four massive glowing orbs. Ah, yes. Do you think we needed to see more battle scenes? Because there was two major battle scenes in this. There was one where they were on a ship, uh, and then there was one in Hong Kong. Mm. So, but I thought I I felt like they were both lengthy enough and quite yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought you got because um, you get a, a first kind of uh, Godzilla coming to a mm. populated area and destroying a facility. That's true. So you yeah. had that, uh, and then you had the, the the major battle that you mentioned before mm-hmm. before the <laughs> sorry mentioned before on the. Um, uh, on the ship, which was an interesting one because, like, you know, being a gorilla at, in the ocean is not the best place for a battle. Yeah, definitely in Godzilla's territory there, yeah. that's for sure. Pretty so much, he was yeah. a bit out of depth, I think, in that yeah. one, but uh, he, he, he played it well. Yeah. So. And, and then uh, when they went to the – they go to Hollow Earth and there's another sequence in there as well. So Oh, that's true. Yeah. So there's probably more than two yeah, that so I'm thinking of. Yeah, so yeah. there's a few, few, a few like uh, – action scenes mm. but the actual you know biffo between the the two uh title characters uh is just those, those two major ones i had and i couldn't really figure out i mean maybe maybe this is for people to figure out but what was godzilla having a tantrum about i couldn't figure that part out well the thing is uh the, the there's the the titans so mm. the titans are these these monsters have been around forever and they for some reason just have to kill each other ah, so, ah so there's that Kind of, because they were talking about that kind mm. of ancient rivalry yeah. between the two, and I don't quite understand why uh, they, they're they're doing that. But um, the, uh, the when the film starts, Kong has been kept in isolation mm. so that Godzilla doesn't know he's around, uh, just so that they can avoid the the, the confrontation. But something else uh, is activated that causes the ear the ire of um, Godzilla. And that's what he he's going after. Um, so yeah, it's I don't know. Maybe they're like Highlanders, and there can be only one. That's a that's a Just the thing. One. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. No, great film, and yeah, a spectacle to see on the big screen mm-hmm. with all those special effects. So it was great seeing Kong like really close up too, and his facial expressions. Um, I felt so. They, in Universal Studios, there was a uh, originally they had a Kong attraction there. Uh, and it was this one. I think you were like supposed to be in a 
balloon or a cable car or something like that and you'd go past Kong and he'd breathe out and have Ew. banana breath. Ew. Oh, that's bad. banana breath can't be too bad. Yeah. And then, it just smells good. And then there was a – but the new version, when you finish the ride, mm. your vehicle travels past Kong and he's just like sitting there kind of thing and just – he's an animatronic and he's just breathing and stuff and everyone's going, please give him the banana breath. They didn't do it. Bring it back. Didn't do it. Bring it back. Oh, excellent. Well, that's uh, definitely still screening now if people want to uh, catch, a, catch a glimpse of Kong and Godzilla and pick sides. So I think most people are probably – Going for Kong, but uh, there's probably Godzilla fans out there too. So, uh, well, shall we talk about a documentary before we get on to the last film of the night, Voyages? Um, I got to see this film called The Collective, which is uh, apparently doing really, really well. It's a winner of uh, more than 25. Uh, awards, including Romania's Academy Award uh, for Best International Film. It is a film that follows journalists, uh, whistleblowers, burn victims and government officials in a a really good investigative journalism kind of story. Mm. So to give people the the background, uh, people may, uh, listeners may be familiar with the story. They may not be. Uh, I certainly wasn't. But in 2015, there was a fire at uh, Bucharest Collective Club in Romania. Bucharest? Bucharest, thank <laughs> you. Um, I, I was kind of like practising that and I was like, oh, yeah, I've got that I, down pat. I, I, I read a lot of Dracula as a kid, so. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I was like, how do you know that? Have you visited? <laughs> uh, but that makes a lot of sense to me. So, uh, so it was caused by sparks from two fireworks as part of a show that managed to reach the pillars of a technical scaffold and they, they caught fire and unfortunately the fire quickly spread to the ceiling which was covered with uh, strips of pine wood uh, and very highly flammable acoustic foam. So this caused the fire to spread very quickly and unfortunately the crowd to trample as you do and towards the only exit available in this club. So there was no fire exits, uh, no other way of escaping uh, but one way out. So it's going to cause a lot of chaos. So, unfortunately, the fire left 27 people dead, 180 people injured. Uh, but that's doesn't it doesn't quite end there. Unfortunately, more burn victims began dying in hospitals uh, later from wounds that were not necessarily life threatening. So, a doctor comes forward, blows the whistle to a team of journalists, uh, which opens a can of worms. So, the journalists start to uncover that there were major issues with the healthcare system, uh, including the dilution of disinfectants by a major major manufacturer of, um, you know, very well-known products to save money. So, unfortunately, about 13 people died as a result of bacteria that got into the wounds from surfaces that weren't cleaned properly. Uh, and also you could imagine that, you know, a particular hospital wouldn't be equipped to, to manage so many burn victims mm. from such a crisis. So unfortunately, there's not, uh, burn victims require very specialised treatment and, and nursing staff and doctors. And uh, in Europe, there's not a lot there to, to kind of help with that. So uh, this documentary kind of offers, you know, access into the world of these journalists as they uncover the truth, but also a new health minister is appointed kind of at the same time 
And we get to see his efforts to reform this system uh, and also the obstacles that he faces from, you know, the the media, from, uh, you know, the family members of these victims, the people, the community, uh, Romania in general. So, yeah, it's a really gripping documentary, uh, something that I hadn't heard about. And it, it just goes so much further than, you know, this fire, you know, it really delves into the healthcare system. And it's interesting that it kind of drops it this point because we're hearing a lot of uh, issues regarding the resources in the healthcare sector at the moment and how there needs to be more. Mm, so mm. Uh, maybe it's a good good conversation to be having uh, about what we can do to improve the healthcare system in general. So uh, great documentary. If you, if you love investigative journalism, you love just these gripping tales of truth uh, and, yeah, it's a really, really interesting mm. story. So um, you can catch that now. So, yeah, and I think I'm going to score this one. Oh, I really enjoyed this. Um, I'm going to score this five. What can I give it, though? Five. That's a really... Five notebooks. Five notebooks. Five notebooks because these wonderful journalists were writing, you know, in their notebooks at press conferences. Do you, do you, rec- do you reckon that you had such an um, affinity for this movie because you are a journalist as well? Oh, I, absolutely. <laughs> I have always... I got into journalism because I love investigative journalism. Mm. Unfortunately, I ended up working for um, community <laughs> papers, so it's not quite investigative journalism, unfortunately. Uh, it takes a while to get into that kind of thing. But, yeah, I think uncovering the truth is something I've always been really fascinated by. Mm. And, um, you know, I feel bad. The press do get a lot of... Um, crap um but you know really they are truth seekers and without them we wouldn't have a lot of information that comes to hand and really at the end of the day um yeah they're we're there to provide information to people to make their own decisions about things so Mm. i love it and um yeah i think it's great um but yeah i love any story kind of involving uh journalism i think it's quite fascinating so oh that's awesome no glad you glad you enjoyed that one yeah uh, so shall we go on to the uh, the, the last uh, last film of the, the the evening? Why not? Luckily, we've both seen it, so we can banter on a bit about it and uh, discuss what we thought. Yes, yes. So uh, yeah, last night we went and saw uh, the, the film uh, Voyages, uh, and uh, this is the, the second uh, film I've seen this year in the. Oh my God! We've screwed up the world, and we've got to leave and find another planet because this one's stuffed. Um, How ironic that they're films. coming out at the moment! Yeah. How ironic. <laughs> but uh, the, the first one uh, that I saw was uh, Breaches, um, the 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 film with um, uh, Bruce Willis in it and a, a bunch of other people. That's right. We we spoke about it, and Bruce Willis was on the front, but not necessarily um, the lead in the film. I, I have a feeling. Yes, that was that yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one, uh, and um, it was so that one uh, with that film. Uh, they they were um, going from Earth mm-hmm. to another planet, and it was going to take. I think it was supposed to take like six months or something like that. And so they uh, they the people who were paid to be who paid to be there were getting put into uh, suspended animation, mm. and then they had this like skeleton crew who would be doing all the work, uh, keeping them alive and everything like that over that period of time. Uh, and, uh, then like there was uh, an alien thing and everything went to hell. Um, whereas in, in voyages, uh, you've got, uh, well, they've screwed up the earth, although you never really see 
the earth being screwed up because yeah. all of the earth bits you see look quite nice. Yes. But I'm assuming they're the only nice bits left. Um, and so you get told at the, the top of the movie um, by uh, Colin Farrell playing a guy called Richard uh, that, um, yeah, the Earth is, is knackered. Uh, we need to go to this planet we found where there's water, where mm. there is air, uh, where we will be able to live and breathe. Um, but the thing is, it's uh, 80-something years away. It was 87 years away? It was 86 or 87, something yeah. like that. Very, very long way away. Yeah, it was basically, yeah, it's uh, it's going to take you a long, long, long time to get there. And apparently in this sci-fi world... Uh, suspended animation doesn't exist. Mm. So that means that if you want to uh, get to this world, it's going to take generations. So the idea is, is that the first generations of, of people that go on the ship, they procreate and then you've got the second generation mm-hmm. and then they procreate and you've got the third generation. And it's that third generation that will be repopulating the planet when they finally get there. Mm. Um, thing is, is that uh, spending your whole life uh, on a spaceship, if you've experienced actual life on Earth, would do your head in. And so instead of sending people that are already alive and have experienced the world, they create these kids from genius um, uh, parents mm. who are just cell donors. They're not actually involved at all in the parenting. Um, they create these kids... And then the kids are kept in isolation. So they never go outside. They never see the sun. They are just being uh, educated to be able to uh, go on this ship and keep the ship running and do their job so that they can breed the next generation. Sounds really horrible. It does. <laughs> and it, it does. is. <laughs> um, so they, they go on the ship, but uh, Colin Farrell, he decides he's going with them. Uh, to be like the, the the father figure, just to make sure they're okay and they're all safe. Um, and when they're on the ship, two of the uh, the guys on the ship, they kind of figure out that they're being drugged to keep their emotions and their feelings at a very neutral level. So they don't um, have any you know sexual desires. They don't uh, emote. So there's mm. no like you know. Uh, highs and lows of emotion everyone is kind of like this baseline kind of they can function and they can do their jobs but they're not living really uh and they're they're doing that through this blue liquid that they drink and then they uh, two of them stop drinking the blue liquid that's when things start going interesting (laughs) but yeah it's um it's an interesting film and it's an interesting study into human behavior as well um because certain characters on the uh, when they stop taking the blue liquid, they they don't like the, the morals don't kick in. Mm. So they're acting on their impulses, but they're not thinking about should I be doing this. Um, so it's a it's a very yeah interesting because they've obviously been kept like that for a very long time so to all of a sudden like you know, have a flood of feelings and emotions and everything like that it must be something very difficult to deal with mm. um but and you're also on a ship and you're you're constantly like you know you're reminded that 
the things on the ship are finite. Like, you know, the food on that ship, 87 years. How, how do you have enough food for 87 years? So clearly you've got to be growing your food. And so you'd actually do quite well on that ship because it, being a vegetarian. <laughs> you know, it's you, all plant-based. Exactly, it's all plant-based diet. So you'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a really, there's a lot to, to like, dig into in this uh in, in this show and but the interesting thing is the way they have advertised it i mean look at the poster mm. and it's two naked people like with purple light on them <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> what is this yeah it was like i was expecting to be like a sexual romp like based on that poster <laughs> uh but it's, it's really not it's um there's there's some real consent kind of issues that are brought up in the film um and uh yeah it's a uh, but it is it's very different but very interesting kind of kind of movie. Yeah, I really liked the concept for this. I loved this looming threat that of not knowing how far the voyagers would go in terms of their kind of primal instincts mm. once that they set in, you know, having this hierarchy. You could see the males kind of competing, you know, against each other, um, you know, as naturally they would in a primal kind of way. Um or if they were battling something more sinister because there's this mention of this, you know, something else maybe happening. So you kind of, as the audience, you don't really know what's going on. Is it is it something just, is it them or, yeah. But it did feel a little bit like a, a TV show for young adults at one point because mm, um, mm. you're dealing with uh, a lot of young actors in this film. And it was interesting. I was sitting there the whole time trying to figure out some of the actors because they look so familiar and I realised the one that I couldn't quite pick so I knew who Ty Sheridan was Uh, he's one of the main guys I think he's uh, featured in that picture and you've got Lily Rose Depp also but there's Finn Whitehead in this and I was like who is that and I remember he's from Dunkirk oh yes I was trying to picture him the entire time so yeah interesting concept though I I just kept trying to play it out in my head yeah imagine being stuck on a, a ship and yeah, not really having – I mean, you've got a purpose, but you're the first generation, so, you know, that's it for you. You've yeah. got to procreate and then it's the third generation that gets to see the wonderful yeah. new world that's out there. You just get to live your life on a ship and hope for the best. Yeah, chances so. are you'll, you'll be dead. Like, yeah. you'll, you'll either be dead or very, very old by the exactly. time you reach the, the new world. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, was, it was very interesting. I mean, you, you could – like do a TV show yeah. about it. Like, you know, obviously that, that first bit would be, you know, that what you saw in the movie, but then you get to watch the second generation and then the third generation and then like then populate the new world. And mm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I really enjoyed the concept. I thought it was really interesting. Um, and I mean, it kept me interested the whole time. Like I was really interested to see how far these people were going to go and, you know, what was going to push them too far and things like that. So, yeah, interesting. You get a bunch of... Um, bunch of teens on board a ship or young adults you know anything could happen mm. run amok do what they want it's amazing how uh, some people were just completely lying about things and other people just completely believe them uh, yeah. so that'll never happen in our world no <laughs> no um but yeah no you're always going to get this kind of divide between people as well when you throw i think was there 30 of them or 30 something I think, yeah, you're always going to get a divide between people too when their emotions come into play. So that was there as well. Do you, um, do you think that that was like um, w- when they were 
figuring out how many people they needed. Mm. Like they were going, okay, how many people do we need so that if they breed and their kids breed with other ones, mm. then you've got a deep enough gene pool so you don't start getting like genetic flaws and stuff like that? Yeah. It was interesting. There was a lot of plot holes in the film. <laughs> I was trying to imagine. You, you, I was like, where do they stop for fuel? Like, well, they don't. They just keep going. But how does the, the, it get fuel? Does it just have no fuel? No, mate, I, I would say it's got some way of regenerating its fuel or something like that. That was confusing sure. to me, but, I mean, that wasn't the only issue. But, um, yeah, there was lots of plot holes. I was like, so obviously they're taking this blue liquid to keep their emotions in check so that they don't procreate too early because mm-hmm. they've only got a set amount of resources too. So, so you can only have, like, so many kids yeah. and that sort of thing. So. But... So they were just going to be forced into procreating at a certain point, I imagine. Well, no, I think the, the procreation, because I think when you watch the, uh, the the film, they actually weren't uh, having kids the normal... They, they, ah. they weren't having kids like the way that we anticipated. Sure. So I think it was just kind of like combining your, your bits and then they get produced in a bag. Ah, so the way that those kids were made. I think I think that might have been what they Got were leading to. Interesting. I, I love how we're going into um, the, the fine details yeah. of this film. But, uh, but it is one, one of those films where it, it makes you, you, you mm. question question things. And again, I still come down to the, the 30 people's, uh, like, you know, repopulating a world. just doesn't seem like a, a lot of diversity in there. So. It doesn't seem like a lot of people too. Yeah. yeah no, it doesn't. So there you go. But um, I, <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. If anyone's a scientist in, or a geneticist, uh, let us know. Can you repopulate the world with 30 people and, uh, and it's all cool? Interesting. I hope someone out. I hope there <laughs> is someone out there listening who can answer that question for us because that would be great. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, interesting. I mean, it's not really that um, – I mean, we, we are looking for new planets, really. Uh, out there to see, you know, if there's anything with water and, you know, a sustainable living. So, yeah, I mean, it, there is some truth to it. I, I, I honestly think, though, if they found a, a new planet and it was a, a habitable planet, mm. there's probably people already habiting that planet. I know. Yeah. I think about that all the time. I'm like, there's definitely other planets out there. They wouldn't be doing things the same as us. But mm. there's definitely other planets out there. There's got to be. There the can't, the can't just be there's one no, rock that's... space all, is too big. Yeah. It's just too big. There's got to be other, other planets out there. So. Definitely. I, I think we've gone through the, um, the pandemic movie in the last year. Mm. So clearly the, uh, the, the, the space uh, invasion movie is, is coming soon. So, <laughs> so I think like uh, once we're over this pandemic, uh, just uh, you know, strap yourselves in because it's going to be Martians but as far as the eye can see. I bet. So no, no. I quite enjoyed this film. I thought it was a bit of a bit of a thinker. So it, it was. It was just in parts. It kind of was really slow. Mm. There were there were parts where it was it was quite good and full on, but there were just bits where I was going, "Oh come on!" And I think <laughs> I blacked out at some point. So I don't know why. But um, so maybe that could have picked up the pace a little. Yeah, but, um, that's my only my only uh, you know um, gripe about it. Mm. Um, but it was good seeing you know Colin Farrell playing that. A different kind of uh, character, and it was interesting um, seeing uh, people seeing them learn about his life uh, mm-hmm. as well. Um, so yeah, I, I I thought it was a good film, and if you look for something that's a bit sci-fi, a little bit different, um, I'd I'd definitely give this one a crack. So uh, I am going to give uh, Voyages um, three um, plant-based diets. Oh, love it. I'm also going to score it three. Oh, 
three spacesuits. Spacesuits. Why not? Nice. <laughs> they didn't actually venture out into space that much while on the ship as well. Uh, we got a couple of glimpses mm. out into the uh, to the open. So most of it was on on the ship though. Big ship. Yeah, Big ship. yeah. That was a, a huge ship that was on mm. there. So it was. Yeah, it makes me wonder the. Um, as well, like, because usually when you see people come out of a space, um, I suppose, no, I was going to say, because if, you, if you're on the, the um, International Space Station and you go outside to fix something, mm. the actual space station is still moving because it's still going around the world. Mm. Uh, but then there's no air up there. So you couldn't really get just like blown off by wind because there's no wind. So, That's true. God, it's all very complicated. But you're right. I've just had a look at the um, the cover of the film. It does look quite sexual. So yeah, um, I suppose don't go go there expecting a um, uh, a sexual <laughs> film as such. I mean that that primal kind of thing comes into it, but there's certainly not a lot of nudity. No, 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 so, no, no. Yeah, just to just to put that out there in yeah. case anyone's wondering. <laughs> It's a PG thirteen, so it it, yeah. the, the the poster really just betrays that uh, that um, rating. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, um, dear. but as you said, yeah, Lily Rose Depp's in the, in that one, um, and uh, Ty Sheridan and, and Colin Farrell, so it's got a you know, decent cast. So. Yeah, and, and weirdly, Ty Sheridan is uh, a lot older than I thought he was. Um, I remember him in the film Mud back in 2012 with Maca- uh, Matthew McConaughey. He was quite a young kid back then. Uh, he was in a film called Joe in 2013. Uh, and then I think he was in the, oh gosh, what's it? It was a zombie film as well. Uh, a funny zombie, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Oh, yes, so, I that, yep. yeah. Yeah, um, I, I didn't realise that he was a lot older than I thought. That's not a problem. It's just... Um, uh, time, time has passed, and it just seems that yeah, he's grown up. So there was one, there was one guy in the, that in the in the um, movie who I was just going, who is this guy? I, I, I know this guy. Where do I know this guy from? Uh, and it's Isaac Hampstead White, a uh, right, uh, oh. and I was just going. Where do I know him from? And then uh, it's, uh, I looked at his IMDb. He was Bran Stark from uh, Game of Thrones. Ah, so a lot of familiar faces in this film. Yes. Because, um, yeah, I definitely found myself going, I know you, I know you, who are you? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. They're familiar but not quite familiar enough. Not quite familiar enough. <laughs> ah, the other guy that I was, wor- I was thinking about is called Vivek Kalara and he was known for Blinded in the Light. Um, he he didn't have a great great time on the ship um, at all, unfortunately. So, but um, yeah, not everyone's going to have a good time. Um, I think no one, no, like um, I don't think anyone really had a great time no. on that ship. I mean, you're stuck on there waiting to procreate and just get tossed out eventually. Yeah. So. And one of the other things about this film, it was one of those ones that um, uh, keeps the uh, the tradition of artificial gravity alive. Because um, to, to be uh, honest, what would actually happen if you were on a spaceship for 87 years is your bones would probably disintegrate. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they're lacking vitamin D too, aren't they? Mm. So there's a lot of um, a lot of things I have questions about. Yeah. But, um, well, I think maybe they're trying to – because I noticed that on the outside of the ship there was kind of like a revolving kind of thing uh, and maybe that was their – their idea that uh, that was the artificial gravity because this thing was revolving, it was creating gravity. But uh, Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. But I think, you know, maybe we're thinking too much into this and it is just a film and, um, yeah, you know, could potentially happen. But <laughs> I think all space films you're going to question, aren't you, at, at some level? Yes. Because we, we just don't know enough about it. So, uh, yeah. 
but um, I, no. I, I, I seriously, um, yeah, we better get out of here because Quizzy is going to yes. come and start digging crates. But yeah, I, I have issues with with space travel. I have no idea why anyone will ever want to do it um, because uh, you know space uh, sucks. Yeah, and every bit of moisture gets recycled so you can drink it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but uh, I shall I shall leave you on that note. We'll be back again next week uh, with more. Hopefully, uh, no, Rachel won't be back next week. She's going away on holidays, uh, but uh, we'll be here. And there's plenty coming out. I haven't got a list, but yeah. I, I've got it in my head and I know there's plenty. So. <laughs> Excellent. We'll crack, we'll crack your head open next week. Excellent. Then. See you then. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.